This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I caught my GF getting double teamed by two guys. I try to KLL myself. A few months ago I made a post in another thread sharing a story about how I got cheated on by my college GF and the terrible obsession I acquired thereafter to get revenge on her. This is relevant to this story here. However in this story I am about to share, is a story that took place years after Lisa my cheating college ex GF I got in another relationship and got cheated on again, but this time I didn't get revenge but rather I just walked away. My revenge story in the other thread is a story of what not to do after getting cheated on and this will be one of how I learned from my past and tried to do the right thing this time even though it was incredibility difficult. The story, after I had a horrible incident of infidelity with my GF in college Lisa like I said, I went on a long tedious mission to get even with her. This was followed by years of just being bitter and jaded towards women. After college, I went down to Central America where I pretty much spent years just doing and selling drugs. Never considering getting into a relationship or allowing myself to get vulnerable with another woman. I fully admit that I was an awful degenerate during this time. Well, after a few years of this I found myself just more depressed than ever. The drugs weren't working anymore. I grew tired of having these face value shallow and temporary relationships with women. I decided to drop everything I was doing in Central America and come back to the United States. I called an old friend and made arrangements to move into his place temporarily until I got back on my feet. When I moved back to the USA I decided to quit my gnarly drug habit I had developed preceding my college breakup with Lisa. It wasn't easy but I was fully committed to giving happiness another shot. I also decided to give dating another chance. I had begun to feel pathetic that I was giving up on finding someone special just because some girl in college broke my heart by cheating on me. A couple months after moving into my friend's place, I had been on a few good dates with women in the area and started opening back up to the idea of allowing myself to grow close with a woman again. One day I met this girl on a dating app we will call her Kate. Kate was 25 and I was 23 who I just absolutely fell head over heels for. She had that burgundy red hair that wasn't orange but almost more of a fluorescent but natural red. She had a three-year-old son who honestly I loved and looked kinda just like me. Kate had just gotten out of a terribly abusive marriage and was in a very similar position as me. She also just went through a period of grief and a bad drug habit. She had just cleaned herself up and was ready to try dating again. This worked well for both us because we both completely understood each other's emotional state and were able to allow one another to proceed slowly and not expect too much out of each other. We both had fears of commitment and trust issues and were still a little emotionally fragile due to our past relationships and drug habits. Besides this we had so many things in common. Kate even said she felt like she was dating the male version of herself and she liked it because we allowed each other to be completely authentic. As the months rolled on we grew closer and closer. Me and her son got along and he even called me dad. 
He was too young to remember his biological father and I was the only other father role he's ever had in his life. The day I taught him how to pee standing up on a tree sealed the deal for me and he was my son from that point on. I got a job at a finance firm and Kate worked at a nightclub. Things were going well and we moved into an apartment together, bought a car together and were in the process of trying to buy a house. We were going to get married and have a kid of our own. We only smoked W Ed occasionally and felt like we had fully recovered from our past drug addictions and emotional wreckage. We both crawled out of the depths of real darkness and found some peace and happiness together. Or so I thought. Me and Kate never had any jealousy or suspicions with each other we fully trusted each other. We never went through each other's phones and we knew each other passwords and login info to everything so we never had any issues around trust with one another. Until this happened. Typically, I would get up early in the morning before I got ready for work to walk Kate into the apartment from the parking lot because she wouldn't get home until after 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning from work and it was bit of a sketchy walk. The club typically was only open until 2 a.m. most days but recently started staying open until 4 most nights of the week. Or so Kate told me. One morning Kate said she was leaving work a little later because she had to drop a friend off at her house. She told me this only like 5 minutes before she would ordinarily arrive home. It usually took her about 35 minutes to get home from work so I found it a bit odd that she told me so last second and I knew where her friend lived so it may have only taken an extra 5 minutes to drop her off on the way to our place. She ends up getting home about an hour later than usual and some things seemed a bit off. She looked high. Not on W Ed, but it struck me as if she was on coke, or molly. I briefly confronted her about this but she brushed it off quickly and said she was late because her friend's car broke down and they tried to get it fixed but couldn't that's why it took so long to get home. This was the first time in almost a year that anything like this happened so I quickly pushed down my suspicions and chalked it up as me being a bit paranoid because of my past experience with infidelity and dishonesty. I told myself Kate would never do anything sketchy. She had been through the same thing I went through and she knew in full detail my story about my last relationship. She would never do anything like that to me. Especially since it happened to her too. I wasn't even that suspicious of her cheating or anything. I was more suspicious that she was doing hard drugs again. Slowly but surely incidents like this started happening more frequently. First like once a month and eventually led all the way up to happening almost every week. There was a few nights where I was almost positive she was high on drugs and we fought about it. She finally admitted one day that I thought she was high, that she did half a line of coke once because she was tired and needed a pick-me-up to get through work but that was all she did. At this point, she was coming home at 5, 6 or even 7 a.m. some mornings regularly. Her club closed at 2 or at 4 a.m. depending on what day of the week it was. She always had excuses like the car wouldn't start. She would go to her friend's house after work to smoke W Ed or she went to a waffle house with some of her co-workers after their shifts. But then, one morning, her text messages seemed severely suspicious. She wouldn't respond promptly, and it really seemed like she was forcing herself to sound genuine when texting me. She was doing the I'm going to be home a little late dance with me again. But this time it really dragged on. She told me she was on her way at 6am, two hours after the club closed. So at 6.30 I went outside to the parking lot to walk her in when she arrived. It was snowing heavily outside. 
There was a blizzard going through the area. About an hour goes by and I hear nothing from her. I text and call her over and over. She doesn't answer the phone but I get a message from her saying she's almost home. Another hour goes by before she finally pulls up into the parking lot. The time was 9.30 am. I had to call out from work because I couldn't leave her son home alone, I usually left for work at 7.30. I'm completely covered head to toe in snow. I walk up to the car and I open her door. Kate looks at me like she had seen a ghost. And she begins rambling nervously and almost incoherently. She said she got pulled over but was let go without a ticket, the car ran out of gas so she had to stop to fill up. Her friend was having a mental breakdown so she stayed with her for a while to help her after work. She even started blaming me for things like saying she wouldn't have gotten pulled over if I got the registration done sooner. Yada yada yada. Thing is she could have told me this by texting me or calling me at any point during all of this. It was all very suspicious. The whole time she won't shut up giving me very inconsistent stories while we were on our walk into the apartment. I can't help but notice how dilated her pupils are and how she is visibly grinding her teeth. Obviously, I was very angry at this point, but I was so exhausted and cold from standing outside for hours and worrying about her. I temporarily let it go and tried to distract myself with some video games. I was convinced she was doing sea cane at work or after work. What else was she up to? Who was she doing sea cane with? Just her co-workers and friends? Is she doing other drugs? Was she cheating? I was only mildly worried that she was cheating. I was more concerned about her drug use. We both had our runs in the past with them. Hence why we only smoke W-Ed nowadays and occasionally had a drink. We weren't sober or anything like people in a 12-step program but we tried to keep it very mellow. Her lying about the drugs was even more concerning to me than the actual drug use because it was triggering my trauma from my ex Lisa who lied to me and cheated on me in college. I literally was at the point where I didn't even care if she did the drugs I just wanted her to be honest with me. I couldn't stand the thought of being in another relationship where my GF was lying to me about anything. My mind began to spiral. I felt completely betrayed. Me and Kate helped build each other back up after our tumultuous pasts and now we wonderful lives. I never thought she would lie to me about anything. We had such an open book, trustworthy relationship and we never experienced any problems with this type of stuff before. I got obsessed with trying to find out if she was lying about the drugs. I needed undeniable proof. The next day when she left for work I tore up the house looking for some thing. I had no idea what I was looking for. A bag of coke? Some pills maybe? I went through every drawer every nook and cranny of every piece of furniture, coat pocket, on top of the cabinets. Anywhere she could hide some thing. I found nothing. I tried to convince myself I was just being paranoid. My PTSD and insecurities about my past relationship were triggering me and I was just getting obsessive with trying to find some thing that wasn't there. I decided I would stop trying to find out if she was lying because if I was wrong my behavior could ruin a good relationship. I thought Kate would never lie to me or even worse cheat on me. She had a horrible experience with her ex-husband cheating on her while she was pregnant and he also hid a drug problem from her. So I couldn't imagine her doing the same thing to me that her ex-husband did to her. So I let things go. She came home at normal times again for a while. This calmed me down a lot. 
I began to feel bad for my paranoia. Until, one night, I'm at a local pool hall playing at a table with a random guy we will call him Jerry. And while me and Jerry are chatting I mention that my girlfriend works at the club's name. Jerry's sister Sarah was hanging out with us while we played pool, said she worked at the same club a couple of months ago. I asked her if she knew Kate and she said she did but they weren't really that close. They mostly knew each other in passing. I then expressed that I wished Kate had a day job where we could be home together more at night when I got off work. I tell Sarah that since the club typically closes at 4 I would only see Kate for about an hour or two before I left for work in the morning. Sarah then looks at me confused and says I thought they close at 2 am? When I worked there we only closed at 4 on Friday and Saturday nights. I tell Sarah they changed the hours after you left Sarah then tells me that her roommate still works there and she never mentioned the closing times had changed because she still comes home just after 2 during the week. It got awkward fast but I shrugged it off and finished the game of pool. After the game, I went home and I couldn't get what Sarah told me out of my head. I looked up the club Kate worked at and indeed, it said they were only open till 4am on Friday and Saturday nights and 2am every other night. I again convinced myself that they must have not updated the times on their website yet after they made changes or sewn thing. Deep down I knew Kate was up to sewn thing. But I was so scared of being lied to again after years of avoiding relationships for that exact reason. I was in full-fledged denial. The next day was a Sunday night. I texted Kate and asked her when she would be off that night and she said she would be home at 4.30 and she would text me when she was on her way. So at 2.30 am I called the club and asked if I could speak with her, it was about her son. The manager answered and told me they had closed at 2, and Kate already left. I felt like I was going to throw up. I decided I was going to confront Kate. I don't know when she came home that night because I ended up drinking until I passed out and didn't go out to the parking lot to walk her in. When I woke up, she was asleep next to me. I got up and went into the living room where I saw her purse sitting on the coffee table. I picked it up and started to go through it. At first I didn't find anything, no drugs or anything shady else that would throw me off. Then I noticed tucked away in one of the small zippers I found an empty dime bag and rolled up dollar bill. Is this what I have been looking for all this time? I just put it down on the coffee table and went to work. I was hoping she would see it and know that I found it. When I came home she was getting ready for work. She was in front of the bathroom mirror doing her makeup, specifically her eyeliner. I lean up against the door and look at her through the mirror. She looks up and says hey babe what's up, how was work? I guess she didn't see that I found the rolled up dollar bill. I reply with hey. We need to talk about some thing. I proceed to tell her that I called the club and they told me they close at 2 on Sundays. She immediately ignores the entire topic of her lying about what time the club closes and proceeds to scream at me for being controlling and obsessive and not trusting her and having no right to call the club in the first place. It didn't faze me, I had made sure that I wasn't just being paranoid. What she was doing was grade A gaslighting which I was well experienced with because of my previous relationship. The fight continues to escalate. I accuse her of doing C cane behind my back and lying to me about her drug habit. I call her a coke whore. And that's when she turns around and swings at me with her eyeliner. I turn in reflex and she lodges the eyeliner pencil about an inch and a half into my shoulder. 
She then proceeds to punch about half a dozen times in the face. I don't react or hit or back. I was mostly just in shock. Once she finished beating me and screaming, we both just stand there staring at each other. I pull the pencil out of my arm and drop it on the floor. I walk out of the bathroom and into the kitchen where I get some duct tape and patch up the hole in my arm. I have a tattoo right where she stabbed me and I still have a nice healthy scar there to this day. I leave the apartment and I start my walk to the liquor store. Kate is blowing up my phone. She is doing the whole thing where she is apologizing and when she doesn't get a response she beginning throwing insults and then repeats that cycle over and over. I buy a bottle of fireball whiskey and proceed to walk and drink and walk and drink. I eventually black out and wake up too, none other, than the Jeffrey who I played pool with the other day and some other guy I didn't know trying to pick me up out of the snow. They put me in their car, apparently they were on their way to work and saw me fall and not move on the side of the street and pulled over to make sure I was okay. Today I wonder where those guys worked because it must have been super early in the morning. I was walking for hours at that point and probably blacked out long before I fell, I had finished the whole bottle of whiskey very quickly. When I was in the car with them, they asked me what was going on and why I was walking around at that time of night that far from the town. I could barely talk, it felt like my lips were frozen. I was able to tell them where I lived and they dropped me off at home. When I go inside Kate is shocked and tries to get me to lay down and get me warm. I blacked out again shortly after and wake up in a pool of vomit in my bed. I get up and take a shower and go out into the living room where Kate is sitting on the couch crying. We begin to talk, she apologizes for stabbing me with the eyeliner pencil, and she admits that she had started doing coke again and was going to her co-workers place a few of them lived together in an apartment, they were all females and she would do coke with them before coming home. She first started doing it to help her get through work and it just kept escalating. I asked her if it was just coke or if it was other stuff too because there were some nights where she seemed like she was more than just coke. She admits every once in a while she took a Xanax to take the edge off the coke before she came home but she did this rarely. We ended the conversation civilly and she promised to stop doing drugs and lying to me about where she was and that she would never hide anything from me again. But now that I knew she was capable of lying and keeping things from me I was a bit more on my toes with things than usual. Weeks go by, and things are kinda back to normal for a while. The only odd thing was Kate was working more often than usual. She would cover for people more or pick up extra shifts randomly more often. Before she only worked 4 days a week but now she working 6 or 7 days. It didn't become suspicious until I noticed that if we had a fight on a night she wasn't scheduled to work. She would immediately start getting ready and tell me she texted her manager and asked if she could come in because she needed to get away from me. We only had one car and this was before Uber was really everywhere so I couldn't go check out her work to see if she really was at work. But then one day my friend was over while Kate was at work and we were just playing video games and decided we wanted to go out to get some Taco Bell. Neither of us had it in forever. We had the munchies and and wanted to find one so I pulled out my phone to look on Google Maps where the nearest Taco Bell was. That's when I noticed something I had never seen before. Me and Kate shared a Google account on our Androids at the time so it showed both of our search histories for locations we typed into Google Maps. And on that very day she searched some random location in a nearby neighborhood when she left for work. 
My head began to spiral again and I told my friend I no longer felt up to it and just wanted to go to bed so he left a bit confused. I double checked everything on my phone and even went on my computer and did some searches to see if there was any way I was misinterpreting it. And I was not. When Kate came home I asked her if she really went to work that night. She got real defensive and started accusing me of being paranoid. I then proceed to show her the Google Maps and how someone searched this location right when she supposedly left for work and it was not me. She proceeds to tell me the most epic lie I've ever heard. She said I never went there or searched it, Google is wrong, it's probably just a glitch. Alright, now I finally admit it to myself. I am dating a liar again. I grab a few things and I get a motel in town. I spend many nights fighting with Kate over the phone and crying while watching Essity Cable TV. I was so angry that for the second time in a row I'm dating someone who lies to me and keeps things for me. One of our fights gets so heated we completely stop talking for two days. We didn't break up though, just stop talking. Some thing inside me was desperately hoping that maybe she's just doing coke and drugs, not cheating. But I am super suspicious that she is cheating at this point and I couldn't let go of it. After a couple nights in the motel, I had convinced myself Kate isn't cheating, she was just back into her drug addiction. And I need to help her get out of it. I know firsthand what drug addiction can do to someone as it did to me once. I decide to reconcile with her. It was later at night and I knew she would be back home in a few hours and I would meet her in the parking lot with some flowers or some thing. I borrowed a friend's car, went to the shop and bought some flowers and headed home. I park in the parking lot and begin to wait for Kate to get home. At around 2.45 am I see our car drive up to the parking lot. But I see someone in the passenger seat. It was Kate, she wasn't driving. She was sitting in the passenger seat. There was a man I didn't know driving my car. I just laid low and watched. When this random dude that didn't know parked my car, I wasn't ready for what happened next. Another man also gets out from the back seat. WTF is happening? Who are these people? The three of them walk into our apartment. I pull out my phone and begin to write a text message to Kate. I tried to act like I didn't know anything so that I could see what she would say. Maybe these were just platonic friends and she had nothing to hide? I text her and ask her if she was home yet from work and if I could come over and we could talk things out. I told her I wanted to apologize for yelling and saying some hurtful things during our fights. I don't get any messages back for about 15 minutes and then I get a text from her saying, I just got home, but I want some alone time. I do love you with all my heart let's talk tomorrow. My heart was beating out my chest as I read the text. I binged my head on the steering wheel in rage while simultaneously crying. I get out of my car and decide to go inside and confront her. When I get to my apartment, the door is locked. I forgot my keys because I only brought the keys for friend's car. I heard loud music playing on the other side of the door. I tried knocking but no one answered. I walk around the corner where I knew our living room window and bedroom windows were. We were on the ground floor level. I peep in through our living room window and I see no one. I was honestly hoping that I would see them there just smoking w-ed casually or some thing. But if they weren't in the living room then where the duck are they? I walk a little further down until I get to our bedroom window. The blinds were down but I could see and if I put my eyes on the edge of the window to look real close. 
When I leaned in to look around the blinds my heart sank into my stomach. On the other side of the blinds, in our bed. My beautiful girlfriend, whose son I consider to be my own, was getting spit-roasted, by the two guys I saw her walk in with. I leaned up against the wall and slid down until I was sitting on the ground. My face fell into my hands. I sat there for five minutes vaguely hearing what was going on through the window above me. I contemplated going in and kaling all three of them. I was so filled with rage, I decided to get up and get back into the car. I start chain smoking cigarettes as all my memories of the relationship that I cherished so much began to dismantle in my mind. Everything was a lie. Everything I thought about Kate that made me love her so much started to dissolve. Now a lot of you have read my story about when I was cheated on by my college ex-girlfriend, Lisa. When Lisa cheated on me, my rage led me to do everything I can to get the gnarliest revenge I could. In that story, I went completely overboard and Lisa ended up extremely broken and abused. Now many years later in my first relationship after Lisa, I'm in the same position, but worse. This time, however, I decide not to get revenge on Kate as I did on Lisa. No, this time, I'm going to KLL myself. But first, I'm going to KLL Kate. I start the car and drive. I stop by a gas station that I know sells some basic hunting and fishing equipment 24 hours. They don't have any guns but they had some hunting and skinning knives. I buy the largest knife they have and drive back to my motel, grab my keys to the apartment, and then head home to paint my bedroom walls with their blood. When I get there I slowly and quietly open the front door. I begin to creep down the hallway to our bedroom. I'm gripping the knife tight expecting one of the guys to maybe pop out. I inch up to my bedroom door. It's open but the lights in the room are off and I can't see anything inside. It's quiet, I don't hear anything. Sweat is dripping down my face and I'm trying to control my shaking and breathing so no one hears me come in. Scared of what I might see I reach into the bedroom and flip the light switch on. When the lights pop on, I just see Kate lying in the bed naked and by herself. Was I hallucinating earlier or some thing or did those guys just leave before I got back? She didn't wake up so I take a look around the room. I see a seamed wrapper on the nightstand next to her bed which pretty much confirmed what I saw and I now knew I wasn't hallucinating. Me and Kate never used seamedems. When I take my first step into the bedroom I hear the door to her son's room across the hall open. I turn around quickly ready to stab one of the two guys I saw earlier. But of course it's just Kate's son. My son, my first thoughts were, what is Kate's son doing here? Why didn't Kate take him to daycare or to her mom's house before she had two random dudes come over to duck her? Was the little kid there the entire time while she was at work? Or while she was getting double teamed across the hall? What the hell is wrong with her? He looks up at me from his bedroom door daddy you're back. And he rushes in to hug my leg. I put my hand on his head look at the knife in my other hand. I put the knife in my back pocket and I get on my knee and I tell my stepson I'm going away for a while, just wanted to say bye to you and mom before I left. He then proceeds to give me the saddest face I have ever seen. I pick him up and take him back to bed, tuck him in and tell him goodbye. I knew it would be the last time I see him but I didn't want him to know he was about to never see me again. Now, after that. I can't KLL his mother. He can't grow up without his mother.
He doesn't deserve that even if I think she deserves to die. However, I still wanted to die. I walk out of the apartment and start walking down the street just sobbing my eyes out. I sit down at a bus stop bench and I pull out the knife and I begin cutting at my wrists. I was ready to die. For like 10 minutes I cut at them trying to get the blood to flow harder. Then a police car pulls up, and two cops get out and one of them says hey man what are you doing? I calmly tell him I'm done. He radios in more cops and before I know it there is like 15 or 20 of them surrounding me. They spend about 20 minutes trying to get me to put the knife down. I'm bleeding all over. The cop walks closer to me and asks me to hand him the knife. I stare at the knife for a few seconds. But he hadn't talked me off the ledge. Nothing at this point could. I also knew I couldn't get out of this situation without being thrown into a psych ward. I raise the knife over my head and lunge at the officer and before I could even take two steps I'm on the ground getting tasered and they're piling on top of me putting handcuffs on me. I had made one major miscalculation. I thought if I made a move towards the officer they would for sure shoot me dead. But I forgot I was white. So unfortunately I was only tasered. The next thing I know I'm riding in the back of the cruiser and they take me to the hospital where they sedate me and patch me up. They gave me some sedatives that completely knocked me out. The next thing I know I wake up and I'm in what I later find out is a psych ward for the criminally insane. It's like jail or prison, but worse. You don't know what day or time it is and you get no communication with the outside world or at least we didn't at this one. I'm not going to go into detail about what I experienced there. It was one of the darkest places I had ever seen in my life. I was in there for about six weeks before an attorney was able to get me off on a technicality. When I was released I took a taxi home. It was about three hours away. When I get home I had the taxi driver drop me off at a McDonald's near my apartment. I sit down and charge my phone. I didn't want to go back to that apartment. Not after what I saw there. I have texts calls voicemails from many people including Kate. I also obviously was let go from work. My credit cards were all maxed out. Kate clearly had been using them because she had a card for all my accounts. I called Kate and she was ecstatic to hear from me. She had been so worried and had no idea what happened to me. I told her I would explain everything but I needed her to meet me at the McDonald's and not to bring her son with her. She was confused at first but agreed she would meet me after she dropped her son off at daycare. Kate later walks into the McDonald's and rushes to try and hug and kiss me but I brush her off and tell her to sit down. This threw her off a bit but she sits down and I tell her what happened. Everything I saw before I was thrown into the ward. What she responded with shocked me. Kate had the audacity to try and deny everything. She said I must have looked into the wrong apartment and saw someone else. I shook my head in disbelief and I cut her off mid-sentence. I told her she needs to tell me the truth right now and if she tries to lie to me again I will get up and walk out of this McDonald's and she and her son will never see me again. I look at her sternly in the eyes and she could see I meant every word I said. I ask her one more time have you been cheating on me? She looks down at her lap and begins to cry. She mutters, yay, I have. She proceeds to admit that her drug problem had gone from coke to MTH and she was also doubling down with Xanax every night. That's why the guy was driving our car because she was too intoxicated to drive. I stare at her for about a minute and before I let out a big sigh. I pull my phone out of the charger and stand up. 
She looks up and asks where are you going? I look her dead in the eyes and say I'm going to go do drugs, it's all I can think to do right now. As I pick up my backpack, she asks me if we are still together. I tell her no, I didn't mean I was going to stay if you told me the truth, I was going to leave either way. I just wanted to hear you admit it before I left. The events after, for the next few months, I pretty much lived on the road, basically homeless. I would hop from town to town mostly selling drugs at strip clubs, and crashing where I could. Sometimes I slept in motels, sometimes I slept outside. I was doing a lot of my own product. I lost almost 65 pounds in these few months because sometimes I would go days without eating or sleeping. One day I wake up in a hospital. I had been having seizures, and my internal organs had begun failing. I was severely malnourished. I'm 6 feet 5 inches and I was weighing in at 155 pounds soaking wet after a big meal. Multiple doctors and therapists came in to see me every day trying to figure out what was going on with me. I spent about a month in the hospital recovering before I was discharged. The doctors recommended I seek a sobriety program. They concluded that I had no mental disorders other than PTSD and mostly just had a polysubstance addiction problem. When I was discharged from the hospital I stayed at a halfway house shelter for almost four months. I found a sober program and began going to meetings and never touched a drug again since I was released from the hospital. I got a new phone and number. Almost no one from my life prior to my stay in the hospital had any contact with me anymore. While I was in the halfway house I started working out to try and regain some size. I looked like a bean pole. When I was released from the halfway house I got a job at a nearby gym as a personal trainer. A brand new career path for me but the gym had become my new safe space where I felt okay. Fast forward 5 years to today. I am still sober to this day. I'm weighing in at a healthy and lean 265 pounds I'm happily married for 2 years. I run my own lucrative business. The day I left the hospital, I thought long and hard about what I was going to do with my life. My instinct was to retreat into darkness. I still wanted to get back at Kate for what she did just like I did with Lisa in college. After a few long periods of thought over the course of a few weeks I decided the best revenge would be to live the best life I could. And most importantly, I decided to stop feeling sorry for myself for the things I went through. This changed the game for me. I stopped blaming others or the world for the things that happened to me. Looking back at this today 5 years later and where my life has led me. I am so happy I made the decision to try a different course of action. I don't even recognize myself anymore. When I wrote these stories about Lisa and Kate I don't even see me. I see some other messed up kid. I turned 30 this weekend. I got sober a month before my birthday 5 years ago. If you would have told me back then that I would be where I am now I would never believe you. I am so happy I didn't take my own life or even worse take Kate's life that day. I am so glad I decided to get up and keep trying at life. I had to fall a few times but when I finally got up, I flew. I spoke with Kate only once years after I left the McDonald's the day she admitted to cheating on me. And after speaking with her I gotta say, it's true what they say. The best revenge is living a good life.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 